Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Shout out to Mike Gunther. Hmm. I got a text from him today that said the boys around here could use some more three dogs north. Mm. So you're welcome. All right, boys around Mike Gunther. Yeah. This one's for you boys. Your wish is our command. (laughs) How do I know that name? I don't know. He's an old uh, focus buddy. He's my class in focus from Pender, Nebraska. Um, which really like everything in Nebraska kind of centers around Pender, if if you think about it. Sort of like Iliopolis is to yeah, Illinois. Yeah, it's very similar. It's very, very similar. You have to think about it, but once you think about it, it you, you're like, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's it's probably like the how sourcing I know summit of Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I'm glad. It should. Because mm-hmm. you thought about it. Any other yeah. shout outs, Mike? Shout out to um, Bleezy and Mrs. Bleezy. Um, also, shout out yeah. to um, to Yao Ming. I feel like we haven't talked about Yao Ming in a little while. <laughs> He's just been an inspirational figure for me lately. So, shout out to Yao Ming. <clears throat> Where is Yao these days? Dude, He's hiding. <laughs> How hard would it be for him to hide? <laughs> it's it's tough. That's why he's an inspiration. Like this guy's yeah. defying. Nobody believed in him. Mm-hmm. They said you can't hide, and he said, "Yeah, I can." Great at basketball, terrible at hide and seek. The only place he can yeah. hide is in California, around those like giant redwood trees. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him darting from tree to tree. <laughs> There's a funny story I saw online of Shaq talking about Yao Ming and how, for like the first year or two that he played in the NBA. He never talked to Yao Ming because he thought he assumed he didn't speak English. But then at some some other game, they got done and he's like, good game. He spoke English with, very clearly. He's like, you speak English? Shaq like, yeah. <laughs> is hilarious. Shaq is really so funny. funny. Yeah. Connor, who, do you have any shout outs? I can't think of anyone at the moment. Um, did we get any emails? I, I do want to shout out Megan Ulrich. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, definitely. I actually had to call her up and I said, Megan, hey, that's the first thing I said to her. And then I was like, Meg, your recent New Work Wednesday mm-hmm. poem was dynamite. Excellent. As a matter of fact, I showed it to somebody and they, they cried while they were reading the poem. It was so good. It you was should really read good. it. Do you Whoa. have it? Whoa, that's a good idea, man. <clears throat> Everybody should subscribe to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. What very... did Megan say when you said it was dynamite? Um, What did she say? She was just, as she is, just very <laughs> humble and cool about it. And I was like, dude, you're so humble and cool. <laughs> so. <laughs> is it the, what are you most afraid of? Yes. I've got it. You want me to read it? Yeah, please, please. 
What are you most afraid of? That's the title. My my eight-year-old asks over milk tea and a biscuit, the sun warming us just enough to prop open the doors and welcome in fall. It takes me too long to answer, so he prompts, I'm afraid of snakes and heights and going too fast and getting hurt. I'm afraid of making mistakes and when things don't go the way I expect. But what are you afraid of, mom? Well, I'm afraid of not loving you well, that you might live your whole life without knowing your worth, of trying and failing over and over again for the rest of my life and never quite getting this one thing this one thing that I want so desperately to get right. But I can't ever really give you that love because I don't possess it, or you for that matter. It's just a foretaste, this love that I have for you, a hint of the divine that lives in all of us, this permeating love that you actually already have. Right? That's better than anything we're going to say. You know what it makes me think of is, um, we could just sit here reading quotes all day. But um, we just want to reread the poem for like 30 minutes. These fatherhood quotes, it was uh, Priestly Fatherhood, Treasure in Earthen Vessels by Father Jacques Philippe. Philippe. Did you ever read that? It's good. Um, Let me just read this. Fatherhood is not a possession, but to the contrary, a dispossession. Others are entrusted to me for a time, but they don't belong to me in any case. I have res- responsibility for them, and I exercise legitimate, author- legitimate authority for this purpose, but it must be exercised with respect for who they are, their own identity, unique vocation, and stage of growth. Being a parent implies renouncing any preconceived project for children so as to let them become themselves. The human person can never be enclosed into a project, whatever it may be. A human person is too vast. This respect requires renouncement a refusal to impose on others our ideas, our desires, or our plans. Children are never what we would like them to be. It is hard to accept, but it is a gift. It will lead to an enlargement of our thoughts, our heart, our wisdom. Leaving our schemes behind opens us to the diversity and surprising richness of life. Life is always richer than we think or expect. Mm. Hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me of is the the episode where we most disagreed where we even almost came to fisticuffs about control mm-hmm. do you remember that it was absolute loggerheads yeah loggerheads it, we did reach loggerheads why don't you refresh the <laughs> listener because we i remember but mm-hmm. yeah just you could refresh well i think and in fairness i probably was maybe a little bit uh, unfair in my interpretation of what you guys were saying but we were we were talking about whether or not a quick, hang on, I got to say this. Quick side note. I honestly thought, and this is crazy that I remember this because it was years ago, but I thought you were going to say, me and you vehemently disagreed over the movie The Martian. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I was ashamed yeah. of that as well. Yeah. Anyway, um, so this is this is probably better. Continue. It was I, very uh, rough memory, but something along the lines of like where... Where do you have to have control as like an adult or as a man in your, you know, field of authority? Uh, you know, how hard, and I think we were talking about even parenting as a specific example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, like having control over your family, your environment, your house, your, your realm of the kingdom that you've given, been given kingly authority over. Sure. And I kind of made this definitive which I still, I think, would stand behind that you are that we are not really called to any kind of control over people, 
particularly right. our family. So I think this is the Jacques Philippe thing and, and Megan as well saying, look, there's just an intro, there's a surrender I have to make because this person is, is so much larger than my puny ability to, to, um, control them into the outcome that I think is best. You know, like they have this, this, they have this dynamism and compass inside of them that I, um, I didn't create and I can't read for them. I have to just love them into reading it themselves and, and God will, will guide them. He's the one that's giving them, given them life and will yeah. see it to its fruition. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and I and I think at the end of the day, like I have, I've thought a lot about it. Um, I, yeah, because I think our last discussion on it, which I think ended up being a, a two-part episode, we hit mm -hmm. it, and then I think we re-hit it, which is pretty rare. We don't really return back to topics. <laughs> yeah, rare. but there it was something rare. just tantalizing about it that we had to we had to go back and. <laughs> Like what's mm -hmm. sniff let's around, sniff around yeah. here, yeah, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> shoot. I just lost my train of thought doing the sniff noise. <laughs> control, um, control, control loggerheads, logger loggerheads. Uh, so I do think that if you pressed it, there would be, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but it was primarily a semantic disagreement that mm -hmm. my understanding of control, at least the way that I was trying to use it, um, had it had a different meaning or at least different highlights than <clears throat> than the way that you're using the word control and so i think we largely were in agreement but maybe didn't have a word to really encapsulate what we were trying to say um because i think control broadly it depends on how you're using the word like um controlling situations controlling people uh it it, it can mean a lot of different things um and after thinking about it a lot, you used a phrase that I think um, encapsulated the ideal of what parenting is in regards to raising your, your kids and um, being a mirror of God the Father's love to them to the greatest extent that it sets them up for success is uh, as a parent, your desire is to educate their freedom so that you're not making decisions for them and controlling them into doing the right thing, but that you're forming a heart that is educated in love, that's capable of, in, in freedom, making the, the most uh, life-giving decisions possible. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, okay, parenthood is really about educating freedom. That was a real sticking point for me. And, and I, that was kind of the conclusion that I came to, but, um, may, maybe another question to it, if we're going to repress the, repress the issue. Can, can you refresh me? Cause I like, this is good. I don't remember the first conversation. Where was I in the, in the loggerhead? You were against me. It was two against one. You were, you were in not, the, we were, see, it was not, it was not a, uh, I was a martyr for the truth to call back the last episode. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody will actually speak the truth here. Somebody's got to do it. Jeez Louise. Um, yeah, I think, I think semantically we were at a loggerheads. Um, I think we, obviously we agree fundamentally that respect for human freedom is freedom, baby fundamental, but you, we were talking like, okay, when a two-year-old 
you know, is making a mess and acting out in public or wants to have ice cream for breakfast, like you need to have control over your, your house, you know, and right, this right. child, you need to, you need yeah. to, be, to control them, which is okay. Fair enough. But at, even, at, even that, like the child's experience, even in these super early memories we have are the child's experience of how a father's love <clears throat> interfaces with their sure. misbehavior. It's important. Like, are you controlling through shame and through mm. fear or are yeah. you responding to this immaturity with with love you know which is always yeah. respectful of freedom yeah. Um, yeah 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 that's not an easy question but it's like and then the other part of it what you're talking about mike with educating freedom i think there's there's another aspect to to the parent love which as a priest i i also experience towards the people I care for, which is I want, I don't just want to do a good job and, and make sure that you make the right decisions or believe in the faith and practice it and all this stuff. Like I also want you, I want a connection with you. You know, that's part of why I became a priest is not just to do um, God's chores and like mm. check, help the church flourish for another generation. And then I yeah. die and get my pension. Yeah. Um, like I love you particularly. And you have, you have certain people that you're drawn to to invest in and and to love into more freedom in Christ and um, I think that's another death as a parent you have to consent to and that's part of the fully dispossession rather than possession is like mm -hmm. I, you don't belong to me um, right mm -hmm. and that's scary because I'm investing my whole heart in you and your outcome um, so it's not just I want to control you and make sure that you do what I want you to do. It's also I, I want what you choose to be me in a way, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, you, what Megan says at the end of her poem, uh, is you already have it. It's just this foretaste, this love that I have for you, a hint of the divine that lives in all of us, this permeating love that you actually already have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so e the parent too has to go to God. Um, the thing that it, it seems like the thing that drives us to, to even parent is partly this Eros love, this drive to get out of ourselves, to connect, you know, um, but it all, everything points finally to God. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm with Bisk now. Uh, maybe just maybe I'm the perfection of virtue. I'm just like right down the pipe. Oh, Benedict this. Arnold so, over here. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right. Fire away uh, your questions, Mitz, and we'll be happy to answer them here. Geez, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, Benedict Arnold, the classic <laughs> traitor. I'm trying to. I'm gonna. These these are not the arguments you're looking for, Rob. Come back, <laughs> come back to my side. I'm just saying. Sounds like Megan is with us as well. So there's that. Jeez. <laughs> come on, Meg. <laughs> You're killing me here. No, I think, I, no, absolutely. I 100% agree. And I wonder if, I, if it's so important as a parent to live, yeah, live in reality in relationship to your interactions with your, with your children. Meaning if I'm not aware <clears throat> that that last line in her poem is real, that you already have this love. Like you are already being loved by God, that you are a child of God. Then I'm going to treat you 
differently than if I'm living in the reality, not only that I am already being loved by God, but this is something that you already possess. <clears throat> and it's not something you have to work towards or earn. So like the the kind of the secondary effects of like that Pelagian type mentality. But if as a parent, you're like, I'm going to love you the best that I can, but like you already got this love. Mm-hmm. You're, you're already made. You're already set. And like the disposition that that would create towards your children, it, it has to be drastically different than if I'm operating from this more Pelagian type mentality. I, I'm like, dude, my guy's got to be the best. He's got to be perfect. You know, we, we talked a little bit about it, like he'd never fail. And if you mess up, anything that strays from that is an existential crisis that like mm-hmm. we will overreact to. Yeah, sure. But if you live in that, in that reality, like how different would that connection to your kids be, you know? I think even in my own relationship with myself, I've experienced the difference between, you know, like self-control. Is that a fruit of the Holy Spirit? One of the fruits? Um, uh, I don't, I don't think so. What do you think it is? A uh, gift of the Holy Spirit? Isn't self-control one of those? I feel like I've heard that as well. We'll go uh, with it. Okay. Um, let's let's just, just play it out here. It's kind of funny. You know what? When it, I said that Edith Stein, when I said that she was a doctor of the church, you Googled it. That's true. <laughs> All right, I just so, think it's it's funny to me that in confirmation class, <laughs> one of the main things they insisted was like important before you got confirmed was memorizing that stuff. And I'm a Catholic priest for 10 years almost, <laughs> and I can't remember it. <laughs> Now, look, yeah. I know that there's there's the fruits of the Spirit and then the gifts of the Spirit, and one has seven, one has 12. I even gave a talk at your at your school. Yeah, you did. About the gifts of the Spirit. I, that must have been the gifts. It's not a gift of the Holy Spirit. It might it's not be a, a gift. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which uh, it works great with the analogy I'm about to use because... You use it, use it. Yeah, the fruit it. is the last thing. Like the you've heard of the analogy of the tree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the ro- mm-hmm. roots are your relationship. The trunk is your identity. And the fruits are your good works, um, your mission. And, you know, self-control is this maturity that one has um, as a man or a woman to have their passions ordered towards the good. Um rather than being out of control and, and like driving you into places where, you know, driving you into sin. Um, but having it be a fruit of a deep relationship that gives you this strong identity is very different than I am insecure in my relationship and my identity is, is like if I fail, then I'm toast then the way you're going to achieve self-control or try to in a is a Pelagian way, which is basically beating the crap out of yourself every time you sin mm-hmm. um, or trying to repress thoughts and feelings and, and desires in unhealthy ways, which then lead to kind of surreptitious, um, like, you know, self-soothing and so, you know, trying to, this is when like, how far can you go with your girlfriend or, you know, what does it count if I get to mass before the gospel and like these kind of, this really minimalist pharisaical way of looking at the moral life. It's not real self-control. It's not living a full life that is a fruit of wanting to deepen your friendship with God and live a live in reality as your true self. It's like, how do I control myself? But then, um, 
like let myself go when I can finally, you know, um, like I'm finished with jump school. Now I can just like, let go of all of that stuff. Like I, I experienced that a lot in college where you'd, you'd work really hard for finals because you had been so lazy leading up to it. Now you had to cram or write a paper in one night. And then finally, then you could like sleep till noon and, and stay up to three in the morning. Just go veg. Yeah. yeah. Like you're just not living an ordered life. Brain dump. I didn't do that. <clears throat> so my attempts to control myself in that way have been mostly like if I were a parent parenting myself, I'd be like neglecting for a long period of time until the behavior became problematic and then just yelling and scolding and mm. Um, shaming into submission, which has not led to a lot of like, which doesn't lead one to want the good as much mm -hmm. um, versus, yeah, what we're talking about, which is this long, slow road towards wholeness and integrity, which is experiencing God's love yeah. and our own goodness in his eyes, even in the midst of our imperfections. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I like specifically to that question of, of, of how we parent is, <clears throat> I, I think a lot of it comes from like interacting. Well, certainly memories from when I was a kid and the beneficial things that my, my folks did for me that I did not always enjoy, but I certainly look back on and, and they were beneficial. And then seeing like some of my nieces and nephews are just wild, man. They're just wild. And how good and necessary it is for left and right limits to be in place, which um, in a way, if you look at it, they're telling their kids yes and no. You can do this and you cannot do this. Meaning I'm like going to control a decision in your life. That's, that's based on the idea that like this is a part of what parenting looks like. And hopefully in, in saying yes, do this and no, don't do this, I'm manifesting the father's desire to protect you from from harm and so like in that sense i don't see that as as control but i see that as like a, a beneficial it's like governance um, yeah beneficial governance for for the family and and i look back on just all the ways that yeah, i had great teachers and mom and dad that were so good for me that um i I, I don't, I guess it, part of what we talked about and where I was coming from in the last, that those episodes ago um, is like, I also don't want to um, just say like, whatever your kids want to do, like we just want to never use the word no, because that could ne negatively impact your, your child's self-esteem or something like that, you know, kind of that, that type of mentality. And so looking at some place in the middle with Christ, I guess, um, as like a balance to parenting that like, Hey, as parents, you do have to make sure that you're, you have to form your children in, in some way. Um, and that can be actually really, really painful as a, as a parent to watch your child suffer in the mm -hmm. short term so that they can either be protected by some difficulty or to be educated by some, some goodness. Um, I, I see a lot of parents that neglect that. And I, I guess I, I want to stand up like for the value of that and the goodness of that. Um, I'm not going to 
So I, I think that's part a part of where I was coming from. What was the a few minutes ago you wanted to like press it with a new question? Did you did you say that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's necessary though. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessary. I think what we're I, I propose the word <coughs> governance, but I think another maybe even better word is boundaries. Like what we're talking about is boundaries, um, specifically towards your children. And what boundaries is just a recognition of is that everyone is, everyone as a free person is responsible for their own life, including your child. They don't have the ability yet to take responsibility for a lot, but they're still, you still can't control them in the sense that they have budding free will. And you can set boundaries and say, this is the behavior that's allowed. And this is what we, this is what we're having for dinner. And you're not having anything else, um, you know, but, and, but they might choose not to eat it or they might choose to throw it in your face and, um, you, you might have to set firmer boundaries and stuff. But I think what, what control implies is like coercion of the will, like a manipulation. Yeah, like trying, like yeah. thinking that you as a parent are responsible for making them choose things. Yes. At which yes. you cannot do. And a lot of times, w- what that is, is not just a, a, desi- a noble <laughs> desire for the child's well being, but also this insecure ego on the part of the parent that if they don't, if my three year old is late to preschool, that means I'm a bad parent. And so I need them to get their shoes on now. And this is just an example I've heard. Sure. Um, you know, and, and so like this child not cooperating is like making me feel mm-hmm. bad because it it's telling me I'm not doing a good job as a parent. And part of my job is to coerce them, you know, and it's just not. And you're free to fail. And um, your child's decisions somewhat reflect on you. Maybe if you d- didn't set good boundaries or you didn't, you know, nurture them in, in ways that they needed, um, you might be co-responsible for some of their bad decisions. But at the end of the day, they are responsible. Um you know, it's like Jesus, Jesus quotes that proverb, the father ate sour grapes and the son's teeth were set on edge. Like this will be no more set. Or is that in the old Testament? This proverb will not be read in Israel ever again. Like part of the new covenant is like, we are all one body. We are one member suffers. Every member feels it, but also the dignity of the individual human person. You, then we just must be free. Um, I, um, yeah, I am, maybe I'm back with Mets on this. I don't know. I'm kind of going, oh, <laughs> yeah. here we go. Um, here we go. No, I mean, that's good. Like it, it's all, but that's very semantic based, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that, um, which is fine. It's good. But I, I was, I was actually, the, th- the thought that came to mind was how would you word it? I'm interested in this bisque for like when Jesus calmed the storm at sea with his disciples, like what did he do to the elements? Did he control them? Did he like, what happened there? What word would you use? Well, just can I rewind, rewind what, what about what I said was sem- semantic? You said, Oh no. Know, yeah. I, I, I'm like the, um, I mean, just like governance or boundaries versus what Mike was saying with control. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're like, we're driving at the same heart of the thing. Mm-hmm. It's good distinctions being brought about. I mean, it more as a, as a joke there. And do you mean with the the elements piece, like as an analogy for whether or not a, ch- a parent controls children? Yeah, sure. I just thought like it was just interesting of, um, I mean, just trying to the whole notion of 
like a definition of con- control and uh, any like manipulation of the will or I, I can't remember how you just worded it, which was really good. I didn't, I did not mean to cast anything like on what you were saying. I was jamming mm-hmm. on it. Um, but just the, I honestly, they could be a tangent, but I was just kind of curious of that for whatever reason it popped into my head of like, w- like, you know, he could, yeah, he, he calmed a, a storm at, at sea or, or other, other times where he like was so in tune with the father because the word that comes to mind, he could like con- control scenarios and control, not in a manipulative way, but just like the authority with which he lived and, and walked and spoke with, like, what's the word there that you would use? I don't know. I think with the, with the elements <clears throat> question, it's, um, or I mean the the weather. I think control is a fine word for it because it's it's causality. You know, like the physical laws that govern weather are in under God's providence. Like he he governs them. Um, that is to say, I suppose controls them like a uh, like a bulldozer driver tr- controls the bulldozer you know like there's switches and things like that you're this machine is under your control it doesn't do anything without you telling it to do it um and you're well within your rights to coerce it but with a person made in god's image i think jesus is never controlling anyone um and i think it's on display in the at the limit in the crucifixion in his trial and um, even in his own disciples, betraying him and denying him. Um, mysteriously, somehow God's providence not only foresees it, but then can bring good out of it, out of the rejection of of his offer of love, but he never coerces it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's what's so crazy about the gospel and the, and the, the whole story of the Bible is... Um, what's distinct so distinct from even modern secularism like i think secularists think that the main problem with the world is that we don't have the right laws you know if we just legislated better if we just had a better system we could enact justice and christians if they're being honest anyone who reads the bible is like no (laughs) because the problem is sin and that's people and you can't control them um only god can save us and so real, real peace and real justice comes from total surrender. Um, Jesus didn't just die on the cross to speak truth to Pontius Pilate. He he died so that we could have a way out of this prison of of trying to solve our problems with control. Yeah, it just hey, that's good. It takes me that that line. I, I remember reading the the excerpt from Philippe in that book on fatherhood um, and the whole notion of dispossession, um, which does still entail um, responsibility. Like however he words it, um, that's very it's very good. There's no grasping at it or or a person. It's scary though. Yeah. I read somewhere where it said, uh, if I, if I'd make a choice with the result in mind already, 
then I know I'm not doing God's will, I'm doing my will. And I think, I mean, yeah, obviously they're not, they're not talking about like I'm, I'm going to crack an egg so that I can make an omelet. Like I'm obviously have an, I have a result in mind from this action, but like the truly discerned actions, the truly discerned choices in our lives, like what am I, um, what am I going to say in this conversation right now? You know, what am I, what am I going to do? today as a priest like where am i going to put my energy and my attention uh what am i going to pray about today um these things that are kind of mm-hmm. open-ended human choices like we enter into god's will in the in the measure that we surrender a perceived result you know like when i start talking to my friends mike and rob if i have the result in mind of like this neatly tied up episode and you know people will think we're great or or whatever, and I'm, then I'm trying to control you guys and dude, don't share that with the listeners, <laughs> you know, but like, it's so it's, it's this moment by moment life style to live the discerning life of what is God's will actually. And then I'm always surprised by life and its richness, which is back to the Philippe thing. Like when you're, when you're loving your children, you are witnessing a miracle. You're witnessing a personality, you know, that yeah. is a mystery. It's it's amazing. Even yeah. It might drive you crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, and I, I think it's the Peterson has a thing and it's, it sounds super abstract. So I'm a little bit like, I guess I wish it would be a little bit more practical, but I think he gets at something really beautiful. Um, He does like a little reflection piece on the Pieta and just how beautiful that work of art is, not just because of the the skill and, and actually forming and sculpting the marble and like that obvious artistic talent behind it, but the <clears throat> like the philosophical and the theological underpinnings that make that statue so powerful that that brought it into existence was that like you said christ in the in the passion completely gives himself as total surrender to god's will that he doesn't try to manufacture a way to or control people as a way to to save the world he abandons himself to the father's will but then also that the blessed mother abandoned herself to that same will and in that in that artistic expression that's the human and the divine both abandoning themselves to and this is peterson's like kind of abstract phrase but the structure of reality that this i'm so not in control of my son i'm even going to not control him to the point of death mm-hmm. and like what a risk that is all of that's on display in that work of art there um and and i think it's it's worth noting it's like life when you abandon yourself to it is not the prosperity gospel yeah like it's not and that work of art like kind of encapsulates all of that that sometimes <laughs> that's true and uh, you, and it's actually beautiful therefore and not kitschy advertisement yeah. it's it's like so tragic and so so some somehow simultaneously that's like the most tragic moment in human history like Christ, God died and God's mom 
has to give her son away in death. Mm-hmm. And it's, and we look at it and we're like, that's the most beautiful piece of work, artwork in the world. Yeah. That's very strange. That's a very strange thing. And so as a parent, and I think it's a part of why that like the boundaries thing is so important. And again, I don't like it because it sounds so abstract, but what my dad and my mom mirrored for me is reality, which is God. And so if I did something dumb, like the world bounced back at me the way that God bounced back at me, which was not good for me, but it wasn't to manipulate me and to control me. It was to reveal the structure of reality, which is also a way to reveal God to us. Um, And that like gets back to like, that's creation. That's Adam and Eve in creation. God said, don't eat of that apple. And so he puts boundaries, like even there, the structure of reality has this impact and this kind of left and right limit to Adam and Eve. He didn't do it to control them. Like he uh, articulated the boundaries of creation and then allowed it in probably in deep pain for his children to have to suffer through that and die, you know, and, and like, again, all of that seems to be encapsulated in that, that Pieta. Like I'm going to, I'm going to give my son away. Um, you know, and I, I guess that's kind of in comparison to there's this like horribly tragic figure in, uh, um, in uh, C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. And it's the, that mom, I don't know yeah. if y'all remember this scene, but she goes up into heaven and she's like, hey, just I need to, uh, for boundary's sake, I think Rob said 640. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Wrap yeah. it up, dude. Let's <laughs> well, she just, she goes into heaven and she says, let me see my son. And they're like, you can't, you have to actually walk this journey and he's waiting for you. And she goes mm-hmm. like, screw you guys. I'd rather be in hell. With I'd rather him. drag my son to hell than stay up here with you guys. Mm-hmm. And it was all about this, like the controlling nature of... Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, what did they tell her about her son? I, I haven't read it. So she basically has to surrender her love for her son mm-hmm. in order to experience the love of God. And yeah. every bit of love that she experienced in that motherhood bond is contained in the love awaiting her in heaven that her son yeah. is already enjoying. Right. But since that's she good. can't have sole possession of him, she's not willing to do it. Yeah. And that's, and that's even better than the, because that's a, it's similar to the, uh, Flannery O'Connor in Revelation when she talks about like even our virtues are going to be burnt away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just such yeah. a it's such a That's striking a very striking one scene. And, yeah. could, and she's like, I I want to drag my son to hell. Mm-hmm. And Gosh. so yeah, yeah. It's, I wonder if Lewis had somebody in mind when he wrote mm, that. Mm. Yeah. Well, sorry for going over, guys. It's all good. No, it's great. I think it's we figured good. it out. Or maybe we'll come back to it. Yeah, we solved it. Yes. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball.
Spanky dogs. Spanky dogs. Good girl.